Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Len Hochberg from Rotowire. We are here to break down this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Golf Club. Donald Ross course in Detroit, Michigan. Len, what's going on? How are you doing? Doing very well, Jason. Looking forward to, uh, I know you didn't ask me yet, but I don't even know if we could call this a a birdie fest. I think we have to call this a track meet this week. Yeah, uh, you got to go low. And so we're trying to find some players to go low. There's a little bit of a bomb and gouge to this course, maybe, where you can just go out there and pummel it all over the place, go find it and pummel it again. And that might be part of the strategy. Uh, you're so good looking at game theory every week. What are you looking at as we start looking at players and prices and, and picks on DraftKings this week? What are you looking at as far as game theory? Yeah, I'm looking at aggressive players, guys who want to go low and, and will get a lot of birdies. And there really isn't a lot of penalty out there for, uh, for bad shots. Um, this course is short. Uh, it has a lot of short holes, four par fours under 400, three, a couple of par threes under 170, three par three, three of the par fives are gettable. There's one really long one. So there's a lot of short holes. The fairways are wide. The greens are average size. We saw Nate Lashley go 25 under three years ago with two 63s. Bryson DeChambeau shot 23 under. The cut was five under. That was really historically low on the PGA tour, the lowest in years last year, only 18 under only three under made the cut, but the weather this year looks like they're almost going to be playing indoors, like mid to upper eighties, zero rain, very little wind. There's mm. is really going to be nothing stopping these guys. Uh, there are just a ton of birdies out there. And last year there were, there were bogeys, but only 11 double bogeys, on the weekend. I mean, there's just nothing to prevent these guys from just, there's no, there's water on one hole, uh, a few less than last week. So it's just crazy easy. Uh, We could see some just incredible numbers this week. 
So as we're speaking here on Monday afternoon, pricing has been out for about three or four hours already. I've made a few lineups, Len, and every time I go to make a lineup, I wind up with a 2-4 lineup, which is to say two higher-priced players, and specifically the same two just about every time, and four lower-priced but not bottom-priced players. So looking at guys, I think there's some tremendous value in the 7000 to 7,600 range. So let's get right to it. And as we start looking at this top tier, no surprise, tournament favorite Patrick Cantley is 8-1 to in the marketplace this week. He is 10,700 on DraftKings. There's not much of a correlation, though, because Tony Finau is priced nearly double Cantley in the betting marketplace, but only $100 back in DFS. He's at 10-6. Followed by Will Zalatoris at 10-4, Cameron Young 10-1, Max Homa at 9,900, Cam Davis, the defending champion at 97, Adam Scott 93, Keegan Bradley 92, Kevin Kisner rounds out the top tier at 9,100. What are you looking at here, Len? Yeah, I'm. I don't even know who your two guys are. We didn't talk. I'm gonna guess one of them is Patrick Cantlay because he looks uh, there. He checks off every box for me this week, including a very affordable price. Maybe not eight to one is not attractive, but 10,700 for a top guy on the DraftKings board is, is very favorable. Uh, You know, he hasn't won in 2022, but he's done everything but five top fives, three more top tens, two more top 15s. He's fourth on tour in birdie average, sixth in birdie or better percentage. He just can chew up these courses. So I do like him. I like Cameron Young, um, who we saw at a very short course, granted a very different course, the Open Championship, and talk about bomb and gouge. He can just hit it very far, and like we said, there's no penalty this week for doing that. Uh, He is eighth on tour in birdie or better percentage. Cam Davis, for another long hitter, not as as long as Cam Young, uh, and I have to remember to call one Cam and one Cameron, but he does his best work on the shorter courses. He won here last year, third at Harbortown, seventh at Colonial. I don't know why a big hitter like Cam Davis is doing his best work on shorter courses, but he is. And Kevin Kisner, who is Mr. Short Course on the PGA Tour, those are the four guys I like in the 9,000 and up range. So I don't necessarily disagree with you too much. Cantley is a really good price at what he is. He isn't one of the two that I keep putting in lineups. And Maybe I should, and I I like Cantley. I've got him listed as the DFS play in my preview this week, but the two guys are are the young kids, the former roommates that I really like a lot. Both have a lot of firepower, and and both are hungry at this point in the year to go get a victory. Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young, two of the top young players in the game right now. I see this as, you know, just sort of right down their alley. I want as much Zalatoris and Cam Young as I can get this week. And so, yeah, I'll have some Cantlay, but getting Cantlay essentially means you've probably got to take one of those two out of the lineup. And so it's been hard for me so far in the early going this week, hard to get away from Zalatoris and Young. I like both of them. If I'm not spending all the way up, I'm probably not spending up. Cam Davis is a guy that usually I'm staying away from defending champions or it's just, there's a lot more demands on their time. They've got more media requests. They've got, Fans asking for autographs all over the place. They've got to do a little bit more for the sponsor. Cam Davis especially has never won before on the PGA Tour. This is his first win, his first time as a defending champion. But 
he's played, like you mentioned, really well. Three straight finishes of 16th or better. And so I'll have a little Cam Davis as well at 9,700. After that, like I said, if I'm paying up, I'm paying way up. And, and I'm probably not going too far down into the 9,000s. And the 8,000s, there's not a ton that I like either. We start looking down the 8,000s to the, the next tier. Danny McCarthy, Matt McNeely, Sahith Figala, Davis Riley, Cameron Tringali, Adam Hadwin, Webb Simpson, Russell Henley, Gary Woodland, and Mark Hubbard. What are you looking at from that crew? Yeah, I'm with you. There's, there isn't as much I like here as I do above them and below them. And one of the things that you, you reminded me, I wanted to mention, when you mentioned Zalatoris and Young, they are both going for their first win. Uh, so are a few of these 8,000s, Thegala, Riley, McNeely. Uh, that's sort of one of the subplots for me this week, whether these, one of these young guns can finally break through. There's so many of them here. It's not a very deep field. It would be pr a pretty interesting story if one of them won. And I'm going to say one thing about Zalatoris, uh, just uh, this may mean nothing of anything and not to deter you or anything, but in the first three majors, he has missed his next cut every time, whether it's been one week or three weeks or five weeks. It doesn't matter whether he's taken a long rest or a short rest. I don't even I, it may mean nothing. It may be a trivial pursuit question, as I like to call <laughs> call these things, which mean nothing, uh, based in nothing other than coincidence. But all that said, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people on Denny McCarthy. He is 8,900. That's a big price for Denny. But that's what happens when you finish in the top seven of three of your past four starts. And usually when so many people are on these guys uh, who really haven't done it before, like Adam Svensson last week, Adam Svensson chalk week last week. It didn't work out so well. I'm, I just sort of pull back a little bit. But Denny McCarthy, one of the elite putters, and that is one of the key things this week. You're going to have to make a ton of putts. So if you want to put Denny McCarthy in there, I am not going to argue with you. Davis Riley, he I was very high on last week after a long break, fell flat on his face, missed the cut. You know, maybe he wasn't ready to come back or maybe he just needed a few rounds under his belt. But I do like him better this week. Uh, Cameron Tringali a little bit, mostly because he's played well here. 14th last year, fifth in 2019. But Russell Henley, uh, I think, is maybe the best play at 8,200 because of his price. 12th on tour in birdie average. And that is not being a, he's not a good putter, but he is so good accuracy-wise with his driver and with his irons that he could be 12th in birdie average on tour despite being only 107th in strokes gained putting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm basically on the same uh, same line as you there, especially with Henley. feels like we just haven't seen Henley play, and I'm looking at his results. That's because we haven't. He's played three <laughs> events in the last three months, played the PGA Championship where he finished 60th, didn't really do anything too special, shot 76 in the last round, played the U.S. Open, where he missed the cut, shot 76 in the first round there, played the Open Championship, where he shot 75 in the final round. So one big round in each of those three major championships. He has not played a non-major since the Wells Fargo Championship back at the beginning of May. That's nearly three months ago, the last time we saw Russell Henley in a non-major. I'm not sure what exactly his mindset is. I don't know if this is some pre-live schedule. I don't know if this is... Uh, I don't know, wife had a baby and we're, you know, staying at home a little bit more. I don't know exactly why the 
uh, intermittent schedule for Russell Henley that doesn't include non-major championships, that has me a little bit hesitant to play him. But I do like him. And the only other name I've got written down in the 8,000s is another one that you mentioned, Davis Riley at 8,600. When everyone zigs, you zag. Last week, everyone zigged toward Riley. I hope for the listener's sake out there that you zagged because he wound up missing the cut, but it wasn't bad. He shot 73-71. The ball striking numbers were fine. I think that's going to get a lot of people off the scent this week, and a lot of people are going to fade Riley. I think that's a good time to get on him when a lot of people aren't. And so those are the only two names really from the 8,000s that interest me a whole lot are Riley and Henley. And even Henley, like I said, I'm a little bit hesitant there. That said, I mentioned right off the top that I like forming lineups with two big guns and about four players in the 7,000s. Len, I've got so many players in the 7,000s that I want a little piece of. I, I got 13 names that I've written down. I'm going to go through them real quick because I can't spend long on any of them. Chris Kirk, solid player, good player. Scott Stallings has played really well lately. Cameron Champ is a guy that I quite honestly missed for my preview this week, but I think he birdied four of the last five on Friday afternoon at the 3M Open this past week and then shot 67-67 on the weekend. He found something. Now, whether he can keep it going is another question, but Cameron Champ's got something going right now, and it's a good course, like I said, for guys who absolutely wallop the ball all over the place. Taylor Pendrith with finishes of 11th and 13th since coming back from a a rib injury that knocked him out for a few months. Uh, I really like him this week. Jonathan Vegas, Alex Smalley, Chris Goddard, who's showing up every week now, Wyndham Clark who had two good rounds and two poor rounds last week. Only little problem with him is it's his fourth straight week, including the first two in Scotland and now two in the U.S. Kurt Kitayama is an all-or-nothing, but, hey, all-or-nothing works for us sometimes, especially in those big contests. We want a guy that at least has some equity of finishing in the top five, which he's done three times already this year. Luke List, Patrick Rogers, Callum Tarrant again. I loved him last week, finished in seventh. I like him again this week. And Trey Mullinax, who isn't too far removed from winning the Barbasol Championship, playing with some house money, nothing to lose this week with a title already to his name. The course fits him as well. That's a whole lot of names in the 7,000s. It is a whole lot of names, and I have a lot of names in the 7,000s. And uh, just, I don't know what the odds would have been on this on the DraftKings Sportsbook, but I think only one of your names is one of my names. And that was and that was Callum Tarrant. Oh, no, I do like Scott Stallings as well. Scott Stallings, here's quite a, a full house for you. Last five starts, three top eights, two missed cuts. He is very streaky, very hot or not. And, you know, maybe a really good GPP play this week because he could really go get get you. He's uh, he's gotten better every year at this course. 64, 39th. 25th. Ju Young Kim, interestingly, special temporary membership. He has a lot to play for these last two weeks. Uh, he is, is sitting right now the equivalent of about 131st in the FedEx Cup point standings. As I understand it with the special temporary membership, if he matches the 125th guy, then he gets his card for next year. But 125th might not be 125th this year. There's all sorts of weird rules for quote-unquote, suspended players right now 
who rank above him on the FedEx Cup points list? I, I think they're already out. I've looked. They're all gone. They've been erased from, not from the stats, but they've been around, erased from the FedEx Cup standings. Um, I don't believe so. At least they weren't earlier today. And I've, I've heard from PGA Tour. They've told me, at, at the very least, they'll fill out the first playoff field with 125 players. So it's not like there will be 10 fewer spots. But looking at the FedEx Cup list, Taylor Gooch, for instance, is still in 20th place on that list. He's the highest-ranked player that will not be there anymore. Huh. A lot of these guys, quite frankly, weren't having great years. As I'm moving down the list, I'm looking, I'm nope, looking at you're right. Kokrak at 41st. Nope, you, uh, are, you are right. Um, yeah. But regardless, Kim has <laughs> – Kim has a lot to play. The point is, Kim has a lot to play for these next right. two weeks, and he's been playing well. Uh, and he was uh, top 20, 25th last week. Troy Merritt, 7,600. You know, sometimes I overthink things. I'm trying not to overthink this. He was second last year, eighth uh, the year before. He lost in the playoffs to Cam Davis with Joaquin Neiman last year. Grayson Sig is my Callum Taron. I went with him last year. He's been on fire. He is $7,100. He uh, delivered a top 10. I think he was also seventh along with Callum Tarrant. He's gone 16th, 27th, 26th, 7th, his last four tournaments. The one concern about Grayson Sig is all these guys, you know, grind toward the top 125. He grinded so much, he's now 107th. He's pretty much locked in. He's not going to fall 18 spots in two weeks. Yeah, he'd like to even get better and get into the top 70. But he's 107th. I'm wondering if he might take his foot off the pedal a little bit because his card is secure. So there is that. Those are the guys I like. I did like uh, Callum Taron as well. Lynn, I actually like the guys better who aren't on the bubble. I think when you're playing for your card, when you're playing for essentially uh, your employment for the next season, I think it's very tough. The players who are in that 100 to 112 that are pretty much assured of getting into the playoffs. They're the ones playing with a little house money right now. They're the ones that are playing a little freer and easier and can go out there and and not worry about too much. So I actually do like those guys a little bit. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar. These guys are golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays. Thank you, Jason. We are very excited to be back here with the Action Network for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We will start us off in the placement market. I'm going to go with my first pick is Mark Hubbard to finish top 40 on FanDuel at a price of plus 115. It's a little short for my liking, but my model did have him down at minus 115, so 30 points of value there. Arguably my favorite play all week is eating the juice on Adam Hadwin, top 40, minus 105 on FanDuel. My mom had him all the way down at minus 155, so 50 points of value on the number there. Then I'm going to go off the board a little bit to Calm Terran, top 40 on all Camby shops. So that is your Barstool, Bet Rivers, uh, Twin Spires, whatever else I believe is operating by Camby. That is plus 175, and then Peter Melnati on FanDuel, plus 250 to finish top 40. And then I will splash a little bit on a guy that really is boomer bust for me anytime I've bet him. I did want to bet the top 40 at plus 140, but 
anytime I bet Wyndham Clark looking at my recent results, I don't think he's ever finished in the top 40 for me. So I'm going top 20 plus 350 on DraftKings for Wyndham Clark. Spencer, what are your thoughts on those picks and what do you got in the card this week? Do you have a reason for why you like Wyndham Clark this week? Because my model did not, but I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm correct on it. I do know he has a 17th place finish here in 2019. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, of course, of course, history didn't mean anything to me, but it's the elite putting the distance off the tee. I know he could get these par fives easily and the longer par fours, you know, obviously are going to be very short for him. But the proximities inside of 75 yards did not look too bad for Wyndham Clark. And that's kind of how my model generated his game to play out a lot of 100 and in shots. So for a lot of golfers, I, I really valued like 130 and in. But for Wyndham Clark, it seems to be 115 ish, give or take and in. So he did not grade terribly there. So if he can get hot with the putter in this turns out to be a putting fest that most people think it will be and historically it kind of has been that's kind of where i'm at with Wyndham clark it's not it's like plus 140 didn't really do it for me because he does have severe miscut equity but if he gets hot i really like the top 20 there and i'll probably take us a, a little splash on his outright as well yeah i like playing him in that fashion if i was going to play him I think anytime that you have these volatile golfers, if you can play them in a market that's a little bit maybe more uncomfortable than you would normally get, that's the way that I prefer doing it. But really like the Hadwin play. If you listen to Better Golf, you'll hear some of my thoughts on him. I have a matchup that I really like. But the first play I will give on here is Sung Yul No Top 40. That is plus 440 FanDuel, plus 330 DraftKings. And I even mentioned this a little bit last week when I filmed links and locks with Jason at the 3M Open, but I prefer taking some shots down the board when the slate is a little more erratic than usual. Uh, No ranks ninth from an overall perspective in my model, which to put that into perspective, he's the only player inside the top 10 that isn't a top 25 price golfer on the board. The main reason for the massive returns I'm getting from my sheet stems from his ability to not only create opportunities at a higher rate than most in the field, but also make them. We see that with him ranking fourth when combining those two categories into one new metric. I like where he's trending by making his past five cuts and the weighted proximity places him 46 spots higher at Detroit golf club than a random track on tour. 
I bet Justin Lauer top 40 plus 360 FanDuel plus 210 DraftKings. When we remove par five scoring from the mix altogether, Lauer grades fourth in this field in weighted proximity and his combination of putting plus iron play manages to sneak him into the top 15 when it comes to likelihood of creating opportunities and making putts, which I keep mentioning. I think that's a unique way to run a model this week since it's diversifies some of the common metrics that everyone will be running, but allows me to get creative in the process. I wouldn't look too much into his miscut last weekend at the 3M Open as he has provided three top 35 finishes in his four attempts prior to that showing. And it shouldn't hurt matters that all the recent metrics are trending in the right direction. And then I took CT Pan top 40 plus 155 FanDuel plus 130 DraftKings. The ball striking has started to pick up for Pan who has gained with his irons in 10 of his last 12 and off the tee in seven of nine. While the long-term putting does leave something to be desired, we have seen him game during six of his last seven tournaments. Players that pick up a win out of nowhere typically have that same trajectory of heightened production with their flat stick during the same time the critical metrics are also producing nicely. We're not going to need a win here, but I do think that he keeps the momentum rolling with another quality showing. I love it. Going up the board. So we got Sung Yil No, Justin Lauer, C.T. Pan, Mark Hubbard, Adam Hadwin, Calum Taron, Wyndham Clark, and Peter Malnati to finish us off here in the top placement market. And just a quick hint, Sung Yil No is min price on DraftKings this week. So yes. if you guys are feeling that, um, he is number nine overall in Spencer's model in a pretty decent field. So uh, good luck to everybody this week, and we will kick it back to you, Jason. Let's get down to the 6,000s. You always pick out some good players, uh, some potentially good plays towards the bottom of this list. And, and look, this week, if you want to fit in two of those big guns, maybe even three of those big guns near the top, you're going to need some guys in the 6,000s. Who do you like here? Yeah, my my, uh, my standard favorite in on a short course, he's uh, 6,900, Tyler Duncan. He's made three straight cuts. That's if you want to exclude the WD at the John Deere. He is, you know, top 75 on tour in scoring average. I don't know how that is. He's 123rd in the point standings, just inside the top 125, but top 75 in scoring average. So he can get in and make some birdies. Chesson Hadley at 6,900 and Kelly Kraft at 6,700 are two guys who have been grinding, making a real run toward the top 125. Neither is right there yet. I will point out that Kelly Kraft is seventh on tour in putters, one of the elite putters on the PGA Tour. Again, what we're looking for this week. And lastly, a guy I went to last week, he was 6,300 last week. If you need a sixth guy just to make the cut, Aaron Baddeley made the cut last week. He is 6,200 this week. Not what he used to be by any means, but he used to be a fantastic putter. He was 25th in the field last week in putting. Uh, I I recommend him only if you're stuck for cash and at 6,200 he fits in and you want to make a cut. He will probably make a cut for you. Boy, you and I are sort of on the same page, but not totally with the same names. Uh, I've got a few others here in the 6,000s. Hayden Buckley. I like Lee Hodges. I watched play a lot of golf at the Travelers Championship in person a few weeks ago, and I was impressed. This is a kid who's playing his first year on the PGA Tour, and uh, look, he's not going to be a superstar, but he's going to be this kind of guy that progresses at a nice rate where this year it's keep the car, and he's one of those guys in the 100 to 110 range right now where he's pretty much assured of keeping his spot for next season, and he'll keep getting better and better as the next few years progress. 
Bo Hostler is a guy that's lost me a lot of money over the years, but mm-hmm. I still come back to, I think he wins at some point. And this is a type of golf course where you can get hot and win. Taylor Moore interests me a little bit. He's played well lately. And you always give a low price play. You gave Aaron Baddeley. I will go back to a guy that I also mentioned on the pod last week. Paul Barjon finished oh, yeah. in 31st place. I'm telling you, the guy's a pretty good player. And when you're spending 6200 pretty good is a pretty good return for that. So that is us breaking down the entire DFS field and who we like this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Only thing left is to make our lineup land. I'm very interested in how this is going to go. Yeah, and, and I just want to commend you again. It's just so nice to hear you, you know, the little French. Uh, it just adds a touch. <laughs> Adds a touch of class to whatever we're doing here, which probably doesn't have a whole lot of class, but uh, normally. But uh, no, nicely done. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. I think we were in agreement on, on at least one of the top guys, so... I'm just going to start there. I think we're going to end up there anyway. Cameron Young, um, you know, it'll be really exciting for me to see if one of these guys, uh, these young guns, Zalatoris, Young, McNeely, Riley, Tagala, can break through and win their first tournament. It's such a good chance this week. I like Cameron Young's chances among all of those guys the very best. Uh, Just a bomber of a hitter. There's nothing really to impede him from hitting it as far as he wants eighth on tour in birdie or better percentage. Completely on board with that. I'm going to take another big name, but I'm going to wait a minute to do it because I'm still thinking about which one I want to go with. But I think I, I think I have a good idea. In any case, uh, there weren't too many players in the 7,000s we both like, but we're both on Callum Tarrant, who was really good last week. He's 126 on the FedEx list, but as we mentioned, that FedEx list includes some guys who won't be playing in the FedEx Cup. And so that's essentially something like 116th instead. He should be sort of safe with two weeks remaining, but he could do himself a bit of good by having a good week again this week at 7,100. Let's plug him in. Yeah, good good call there. Good call. Ju Young Kim, you know, we see so many of the international play, players come over here and they're really heralded and they've somehow made their way up the world rankings and then they just fall flat here. And uh, I know it's a a bone of contention with a lot of the PGA Tour players about how some of those guys get their world ranking points overseas and get into better tournaments and stuff like that. But I don't think they can feel that way about Kim. He's really showing he can play. He was, what, third in in Scotland. He was 25th at the U.S. Open uh, and 17th at the Byron Nelson, you know, which is another short course. He's showing he can play. With these players on all different kinds of tracks, and like I said, he still has a lot to play for this week to get his card. 7,600, he'll fit into just about any lineup. Looking back to the top of the board, I really want to take Will Zalatoris. He's, I listed him as my favorite outright in my preview this week. I like everything about him. The game is there. I think the, the motivation is pretty obvious to go get his first PGA Tour win. He's, he's 13th in the world. The guy's a superstar. That said, being only 300 behind Patrick Cantlay, and there are certain superstars you look at in a field like this and say, you know what, the guy's just getting some reps in. The guy's just kind of maybe going through the motions a little bit, just playing for the sake of playing. Patrick Cantlay 
doesn't have that. He doesn't have that inner governor to say, hey, you know what? It's not a big event. Let's take something off off the gas pedal. Let's, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Patrick Cantlay plays some of his best golf in non-majors. He's been 13th or better in his last four non-major starts. I, I think he just shows up here and plays good golf once again because that's what he does. Uh, you got me convinced only 300 more than Will Zalatoris. I think it's a really good price for a guy who's top of the board. I'm going to go with Patrick Cantley at 10-7. Okay. That will leave us. And I'm trying to do the math this week. Does that leave us 14-5? Yes, it is. Wow. It's an upset. Well, I should play the lottery or something this week. So we got 72-50 a man here. That's, you know, not a ton, but, uh, but we do like a lot of the sevens. All right. I'm going to go back to my guy at 7,100, Grayson Sig playing really well lately. He's at 70, yeah, 7,100. Four good weeks, four top 30s in a row, seventh last week. He looked, I, I watched a bit of the round on Sunday. I watched a lot of the round on Sunday. He really was grinding at the end. He impressed me with his tenaciousness uh, out there, and he made a birdie putt on 18, and he, he really rejoiced over that. I, I liked the fire I saw from him. I look for him to have another good week. So we've got 7,400 left, and boy, there are a lot of options here, more options than I usually see. Uh, Harris English, by the way, at 7,300, right. at least deserves a mention because he's Harris English. He's a good player, and since he's come back, look, he, he missed the cut by a mile at the Open. He was 42nd at the Scottish Open. He, he's not really a guy that tends to go over there and play good golf even when he's 100% healthy. He was 19th at the Travelers before that. I mean, I don't necessarily hate Harris English by any means, You've got Ricky Fowler sitting there, Wyndham Clark I like, Kirk Kidiyama I like. I'm going to go with, uh, it's between Alex Smalley and Chris Goddard. We've seen Goddard a lot lately. I just think this Smalley guy's got, he's got a little something extra. He's got a little gear that I think can go on a course like this. He's a little like Kidiyama, and I, I'm going to build some lineups with both Smalley and Kidiyama this week. They're all or nothing. It's either there or it ain't there. And you might wind up with two missed cuts, but you might wind up with two guys in the top five, top 10 this week. I like having that for, for non-cash games for the GPPs. I, I like that idea. So I'm going to throw Alex Smalley into this one. We've got Patrick Cantley, Ju Young, Tom Kim, Grayson Sig, Alex Smalley, Callum Tarrant, and Cameron Young. And this is exactly, Len, what I was talking about off the top with two studs and four guys in the 7,000s. I'm not sure I can get away from this lineup construct this week at all. Yeah, I think it's a sound strategy. I, I, as we were talking, I was thinking, you know, we like so many guys in the 7 to 7,500, 7,600. We, you know, uh, imagine making one lineup, uh, maybe just for kicks and giggles of just all this, those low 7,000 guys and just seeing, uh, seeing what happens there because, you know, this is an extreme birdie fest that lets a lot of other guys come into the into the equation here, uh, even though, you know, Cantlay and Young and Zalatoris are the, the class of the field and Finau. But uh, I think there are a lot of ways to go this week. But uh, I like what we did. Would it be fun if if DraftKings had sort of an alternate series where you could only spend 40,000 instead of spending 50,000 on your six players, you spend 40,000. And so you're playing in line against other like-minded players who, who are only spending 40000 for their six players instead of 50000 Well, then we, we, could, uh, we could start that, and uh, we could be the first one with that podcast. And, uh, and we'd, do, we'd do, be pioneers. We'd do very do well. <laughs> Just filled with ideas here. Well, we thank everybody for 
uh, listening to this edition of the Links and Locks DFS podcast. As always, you can find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, listen, rate us every single week. For Len Hochberg, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks again for listening. Good luck with your DFS plays for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. Here's hoping you hit the green.